there are three important days in any life, in your life, my life, you know, anybody you know. And the days are the day you're born, because you're, 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 you're now uh, gracing us with your presence on earth. The day you find out your purpose, right? The day you find out why. We're talking about the importance of that first step of the spear method. But the third day is each day you act on your why. You are listening to The Real Leaders Podcast, where leaders keep it real. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, and that was Kuda Biza, the co-founder of Nunbelievable and now author of The Spear Method, Five Steps to Balance Success and Fulfillment, who helps you discover your purpose and act on it every single day. In this episode, Biza shares the obstacles he had to overcome to attend school in the United States, how to confirm what makes you unique, and that the key in life is to marry success with fulfillment. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's give a warm Real Leaders welcome for the real Kuda Biza. Enjoy. Let's get this show on the road. Here we go. In five, four, three, two, and one. And welcome everyone to this episode of the Real Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards. Joining us today is co-founder of Nunbelievable and the author of The Spear Method, Five Simple Steps to Balance Success and Fulfillment. Could it be that? Could it be that? How you doing? I'm doing great. So, Kevin, you need to know about the the Spear Method, you know, dance. So, you know, whenever you see me do it, it's about the Spear Method. Hey, you know, that's I, I can get that dance going on. We can start that here in San Diego. I've seen that a few times. I'm just going to come yeah. up and make sure they got their form right, make sure they got their aim. And it goes on with any beat. So any beat, you're good to go. Hey, that's good. And, and it's, it's it started, it originated in Zimbabwe, right? Is that right? Yeah, it originated in, in Zimbabwe, in my mind. And now it's manifested into a dance, into a book, and so many different things. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, Kuda, one of the quotes, and I, you know, just for folks listening to this, Kuda sent me his book back in November, and and uh, I had a chance to kind of go through it. A lot of these books I get sent, and you know, I'll read halfway through it, make sure I tell the the podcast guests, "Hey, read through your book. We did a good job." This one, Kuda, I'm going to be honest with you, I read all the way through. Uh, didn't take long at all. It was a great read, um, and. It's about the spear method, seeking your why, planning, executing, achieving, and then repeating those steps. But there's a quote in there, Kuda. A quote Mm -hmm. from Abraham Lincoln. He says, give me six hours to chop a tree and I'm going to spend the first four sharpening the axe. So the spear method, Kuda, the first question today is how long did it take you to sharpen the blade? How did you do it? What did you do? Yeah, so I think the 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 true answer is it obviously took me my lifetime, right, to, to really understand and, and manifest the spear method. But it was really four to five years where I really spent a lot of time thinking about this framework and ultimately turning it into a book um, that I've now shared. So uh, the trigger point was, you know, in 2015 when my sister passed away. And I flew back to Zimbabwe. She had been suddenly, you know, beaten by a dog with rabies. And in a matter of days, she went from, you know, 
her normal self life is ever is, is normal and she's in the hospital fighting for her life and then obviously she passed away so when i was at her memorial <clears throat> that's when i started asking questions you know like was she happy was she fulfilled you know did she get to accomplish all the things that she wanted to in her life and then it it made me really think about my own life and my own direction and an epiphany hit me at that moment which was i was obviously spending a lot of time chasing success, right? You know, I was I was in corporate America at the time, working on a on a big initiative, managing a very big e-commerce business and really driving a lot of growth. Uh, but I was, you know, not really paying attention to some of the things that I knew would give me fulfillment. So I started on this journey um, of really understanding how can you balance the two, right? How can you balance success and fulfillment? Because There are stories we hear every day of miserable billionaires, right? People who have all the success in the world, but they're not happy. But I think the ultimate um, failure in life is when you achieve success, but you don't get any fulfillment. And Tony Robbins came up with that quote to say, you know, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. So in my mind, I was like, hey, I'm probably not the only one who's struggling with this issue. Um, Some people might not even recognize that it's something that they're not looking at. But if I could go on a journey and really discover what would it take for you to then achieve both success and fulfillment and then turn it into a book and share it with the world, I think I might be able to inspire millions of people not only to become successful, but to attain fulfillment. Yeah. Now, we had a guest on the show who was a positive psychologist, Kuda, and I think what you're saying right there is like his definition of happiness was like success working toward fulfillment. So like mm-hmm. as you continue to strive toward fulfillment and and working toward that, that's what happiness is, I guess. So those kind of correlate in that sense. What's happiness to you and how do you, when did you realize what you're doing is is most fulfilling for people listening to this? Yeah. So happiness for me has really been framed by the experiences that, you know, I experienced growing up in Zimbabwe, in the U.S., and all the other travels that I've had. And it's really to make a difference in other people's lives. Mm. So whenever I'm making a difference and, and, and impacting people's lives in a positive way, I become happy. So it's coming from that sense of gratitude where not only am I gracious of what I have, but I'm applying the skills, the knowledge, the resources that I have to make a difference in other people's lives because uh, I, I'm not blind to the fact that I've been blessed, right? To to come from where I am, to be where I am today, um, it definitely takes a, a lot of grace and blessing upon that. So how can I also be a blessing to mankind? And when, when I do that every single day, um, it gives me happiness. And it's really shaped... Um, you know, a lot of the things that I do now, even in my professional career. So earlier I had mentioned I was, you know, working in a big Fortune 500 company. I decided to quit that job and start working on Unbelievable because although I could be successful in the corporate world, which, you know, at that time I was, I wanted to be successful in an area where I knew I was being fulfilled in the work that we do. So with Unbelievable as an example, we donate a meal for every cookie that we sell. So Every single thing that I'm doing to chase success gives me fulfillment because the more cookies we sell, 
the more people we feed, right? So the more lives we change, we change. So and and for me personally, that gives me happiness, knowing that I'm using my talents, my knowledge, and my skills to make other people's lives a better uh, life uh, for them to experience. Ah, so here we are seeking our why. <laughs> let's yep. help under let's help people understand how to identify those areas that you need to work on to have that joy through this improvement. Yeah, so one of the things I discovered with uh, the SPEAR method was that there are five steps for you to achieve balance, success, and fulfillment. And the first step is seeking your purpose, seeking your why, you know, your calling in life. Because if you're living your life, but you're living someone else's calling, you're never going to be fulfilled. Because the thing that will give you fulfillment is you pursuing your purpose. So that is the first critical step uh, in the spear method. Because think of life as a journey, right? You have to get to a specific destination. But if you're living your life when you don't even know what destination you need to to go to, you're you're never going to be happy regardless of where you arrive at because you know, you didn't have that set destination uh, in the beginning. So it's super important for you to take the time to actually understand, hey, what is my purpose? What is my calling? Uh, and what is my why? And, you know, for a lot of people, this this is a journey that is maybe tough, right? It's like, hey, I don't know my purpose. I don't know how to find my purpose. And in the book, I provide a couple of steps on how you could do it. One of the methods that I talk about, it, it, it was a method that was actually taught to me where you send out an email to five people that know you really well and you ask them one question, which is what makes me unique? Because usually you would find that your life's purpose is really found in a unique gift that you have. So I did the same thing. And when I started getting the responses, I started seeing some commonality in all the responses. So I was able to quickly then see like, okay, I, I really think that this is my purpose. And then I started digging deeper into it and and and, and found that, okay, this is my purpose. And for, for some, you know, it's easier than others, right? Because you might have really good self-awareness and you really know yourself really well. Um, so you might not have to go through of a deeper exercise like others have to, but I think that's the first critical step. You really need to know your why, because that really then gives you the purpose that uh, you're, you're trying to pursue in your life. That's when I knew this book had me hooked, is I, I read that that uh, note that your mentor had passed on to you to reach out to those five different people. I just sent some text messages out. What makes me unique? Five different people, different stages in my life. And beforehand, I had written down what I thought was my values and my skills. Mm -hmm. And when I got that feedback back, I was able to see where they aligned. And my why had never become clear, never become clear in my life. That's great. Once I had understood that, I go, oh, my gosh, the doors have now opened and the focus becomes so much more clear to me. Now, setting a plan with a clear destination now is much easier. So maybe talk about the plan aspect of this. And I'd love to share kind of my takes and feedback from the book. But how does one plan to execute uh, and prepare for this journey? Yeah. So one of the things that I learned in life, you know, especially when I was in college, because I double majored in aviation and in business. 
in business, we would learn every business needs to have a business plan. In aviation school, in the flight program, we'd hear every flight needs to have a flight plan. So for me, I quickly deduced every life has to have a plan. Now, a couple of things that I just want to touch on before we, we, we really go into the meat of your question is that we need to demystify the whole notion that plans are static. A lot of people feel that, okay, you just create a plan once and then that's it. No, plans are actually dynamic. So think about any team that's that's playing, right? So let's take football, for example. It could be the Super Bowl final, right? And as you're playing the game, you might start off first quarter with the plan of like, hey, we're going to just be throwing balls and, you know, taking it to receivers. But as the game changes, you might change your plan to say like, okay, now let's just run the ball, you know, or maybe let's play heavy defense and whatnot. But the goal, the destination of winning the Super Bowl doesn't change. But as you go through quarter after quarter, the plan on how you're going to get there changes. So it's very dynamic uh, with, with the plan. Now, how do you create a plan? There, there are so many ways you, you could do that. The first one is reverse engineering, right? So if someone else who, who's very successful and has also achieved fulfillment that you know, it could be a famous person or someone close to you has achieved what you're trying to achieve, just go learn what is it that they did and try to reverse engineer that process, right? In the book, I talk about James Jones, who won three basketball rings in the NBA, two with the Miami Heat and one with Cleveland Cavaliers. He came from uh, a city in Miami where there were no professional basketball players. Like everybody in his neighborhood was playing football, but he wanted to play basketball. And the thing that he did was he looked at other players in the NBA that fit his style of play and kind of like looked like him in terms of uh, physique. And he started reverse engineering. What is it that they did that got them there? And then he just, you know, created a plan based on that. Obviously, he made some tweaks based on his own uniqueness, but at least he had the framework of what he needed to do to become a professional uh, basketball player which inevitably happened, right? So, so if you don't really know how to get there, reverse engineering is, is a good place to start. You can also work with a mentor, right? So if you're in business, you get an advisor and mentors can really help you think through some of the things that you don't know and also help you avoid mistakes that you probably would have made um, as you're going through it. And then if you don't have that, you know, Google can be your best friend. Right now, you know, we're living in an age that gives us an advantage more than any other age in history, right? We have access to so much information right at the tip of our fingers. So, you know, there, there are so many ways where you can create a plan, but, but the important thing that you want to do is you want to create a plan because some people might take the effort in understanding their purpose, but never take that step to actually sit down to say like, okay, how am I going to achieve this, uh, you know, over the next 90 days, one year, 10 years or whatever? Right. That's the, that's the next step in the spear method and probably the most difficult one that not everyone takes. So it separates a lot of the, the doers from, you know, maybe the watchers, the people on the sideline. Um, how did you let's say, take for an example, like with unbelievable, you say, OK, uh, fulfillment's maybe lacking in my life. There's an area I want to work on and focus onto this business with a social responsibility to bring me more fulfillment. 
you have the the why now you you figured out the plan how did you take that first step or series of steps to execute something as big as launching another business yes so one of the things uh about taking action is making sure that you feed your faith and starve your fear Mm. whenever you embark on accomplishing something big there's an element of fear that usually approaches anybody we're humans right so for non-believable for example as we were planning what we're planning on doing we, we said hey what if we could feed one million people in two years Right. And it's like one million people. How, how are we going to do that? So obviously, if you've never done that before, there's a little bit of fear that strikes you. But <clears throat> if you feed your faith and starve uh, your fear, you now get into a mindset where you can start really thinking like, OK, let's break this down. So, yes, it's one million in two years. But if we were to start thinking about, okay, how many people do we need to feed in the first 30 days, in the first 90 days, and you start breaking it down into smaller chunks, it starts becoming attainable. In Africa, we like to say the way you eat an elephant is one bite at a time, right? If you try to eat the whole elephant at once, you're not going to finish it. It won't even fit in your mouth. But if you, you know, one bite at a time before you know it over a period of time, the whole elephant is gone, right? So that's the first key thing about execution is like, yes, understand the big, hairy, audacious goal, but break it down into small milestones that get you there. So let me give you an example. So let's say you want to lose 100 pounds. If you're always thinking about, oh, I want to lose 100 pounds, oh, I want to lose 100 pounds, it might paralyze you from even taking action to actually go to the gym. But if you then say like, okay, I want to lose 100 pounds in a year. So in four quarters, I want to lose 100 pounds. It means that I need to lose 25 pounds per quarter, right? And then if you even divide that by three, you need to lose about eight pounds a month. So now instead of you focusing on, I want to lose 100 pounds, focus on in 30 days, I need to lose eight pounds. So now by just reframing what that goal needs to be, it changes, uh, it takes away that fear factor. And now you can actually wake up and go and execute because now you you have a shorter milestone that you want to arrive at. And then once you hit that eight, you focus on the next eight and then you focus on the next eight. But the key thing about uh, achieving the results is, you need to be consistent in taking action. So this is where the eighth wonder of the world comes into play. And what is the eighth wonder of the world? The eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. So a lot of people think about compound interest when it comes to finance, but compound interest actually works in action taking as well, because the more small consistent action steps you take every day, if you just do it consistently, over time, it will have an exponential growth because you've been consistent. So if you go to the gym every single day, you're working out, you're eating right, you might not see the fat drop today, but over time, if you look 30 days later, there's that compound effect. So that's key um, in, in the formula, right? You just don't want to you know, eat a salad one day and think like, oh, I'm going to miraculously lose the eight pounds. You're going to have to do it every single day 
for a consistent uh, period of time, and then you'll start seeing the results. It all adds up. It all adds exactly. up. Exactly. And in that chapter, compound interest was definitely the thing that after you've overcome the fear, it begins to be a little bit easier or just you're more adjusted to it. But really just taking that first step, I felt this book provided me, you know, uh, simplicity around overcoming that initial fear, whether it was reaching out to, uh, you know, that ex-girlfriend you don't want to reach out to, whether it was reaching out to a family member, a brother that, you know, you just, you don't want to reach out to, whether it was going out and surfing a seven foot wave and just getting absolutely demolished and feeling like you're literally about to die being held under for 20 seconds. It was pretty gnarly. I came out with a different percep- uh, you know, perception of, of fear after that. And, and it's, it really is just a mind game and people get stuck mm-hmm. in that mind game. And I'm happy I can share that after reading this book. I feel like a new man. So I, I really do appreciate that. Now, execution, the compound interest, things at, when it was that first reach out to you know, the family member to, to ride in the wave, riding the wave seemed to be a lot easier after I'd done overcoming the fear after those those small little points right like you had mentioned now achievement um taking the action there there is a a a little bit in there about persistence and this was about your journey coming out of zimbabwe and i don't think we touched enough on that in this episode would you mind sharing with our audience kind of where you come from and and your desire to get to the united states and have an education there yeah. So <clears throat> what happened when I was growing up um, is that you've you've heard the adage that says curiosity killed the cat. Right. But in, in my case, curiosity awakened the lion. So what what I mean by that is that when I was about 10 years old, I was curious because I saw these kids my age who weren't going to school. So each morning I would pass them by and. You know, I was just curious, like, are they homeschooled? Like, what's going on? How come they don't have to deal with, like, all of this? Because I would walk two miles each way, you know, to, to get to school. Um, sometimes I'll take the bus coming home, but usually I'd walk two miles. So one day I decided to just go over to their house and just talk to them and just see, like, hey, guys, like, why is it that you guys don't go to school? So I learned that um, they were not going to school and they were not getting an education because their parents had passed away. And they didn't have any money uh, to pay for their education. Public education in, in, in Zimbabwe and a lot of the developing countries is, unfortunately, is not free. So <clears throat> for me, I was just like, you know what? If the people in Zimbabwe can't really do something to make a difference, I need to make something of myself. And I think the best way to do it is let me leave to go to America, become super successful, and then leverage that success to make a difference. But there was a problem. I came from a lower middle class family, right? Uh, We were a single income household. My parents had five kids. So, you know, just to feed the family and just take care of us, that was all, you know, my my dad could do. Now, later on, paying for an American education and and whatnot, it, it was a little bit too much. But it was a dream that I passionately held, right? That was the big elephant that I had. And I had to figure out a way to do it. My parents were like, hey, if you want to go to America, figure it out. So after high school, when I when I graduated, 
I had to become resourceful because I didn't have the resources. Everybody around me would tell me the narrative of like, hey, Kuda, you're wasting your time. Things like this don't happen to people like us. We don't have the money. You can't afford, you know, $40,000 a year in tuition. Like, you know, unless if you get a full ride, there's no way this is going to happen. But it was because they were feeding their fear, right? I wanted to feed my faith and starve the fear that everybody had. And the first thing I did is I broke the goal down. Like, okay, I want to go to America. What do I need to execute on in order for me to get there? And the first thing was like, I need to take my SAT. I need to apply for the, you know, for the schools. But I didn't have internet. So what did I do? Instead of looking at the lack of resource, not having internet, I decided to become resourceful. Hmm. So I went to an internet cafe and I looked for a job. I was like, hey, I'll work for you guys, but I'll work night shift um, because you guys don't have a night shift. Let's open up more revenue for you guys because I wanted to sleep in the internet cafe once I lock up and then use the internet. So that's what I did. So I would work from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. 11 p.m. would lock it all up. I would stay inside and from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m., I would be on the internet. I would be studying for my SATs. I would be, you know, applying to colleges and whatnot. So that's how I was able to get the resource that I need, which was the internet, by being resourceful. Again, it was execution. So every day I was executing on it, and each day I was getting closer and closer and closer to my goal. The interesting thing that happened now, Kevin, is that my parents had asked me to apply to another school as a backup in Zimbabwe. And then the school gave me uh, a a place, they accepted me, and the funding was all figured out. So now I came to a point, and this is is why I talk about having clarity on your why is super important. Mm. Because now I had this opportunity to go study engineering in Zimbabwe, but I knew that my purpose, my life's calling was to be in America, right? So I don't like to negotiate with my goals. So I was like, there's no negotiation here, guys. I'm turning this down in order for me to pursue my calling. Everybody thought I was, you know, I was on drugs. I was crazy because for them, it was a no brainer. It's like, hey, you have a you have a place here. You can go to university in Zimbabwe. Forget about the American dream. I'm like, no, I'm going to forget about this path of list resistance. And I'm going to stay on course because this is my calling. This is my purpose. And I have a plan. To, to do that. So anyway, it took me two years from that day that I declined that opportunity to when I finally got on a plane to come to uh, America for school. So I ended up being accepted at Lynn University in Boca Raton uh, in their aviation and business program. They gave me a dean scholarship. So it wasn't everything. It was 50% of what I needed. But luckily, someone who had been paying close attention to my journey, who had seen all the sacrifices that I had made, went out and took a loan and paid for my freshman year. And they said, like, hey, Kuda, we'll get you in for your freshman year, but you're going to need to figure out your sophomore, junior, and senior year. But we've seen how much this means to you. But more importantly, we're willing to invest in you because we know that if we invest in you, we're investing in so many other people because you're going to use this opportunity to provide opportunities for others. 
So um, the the section in Achieve, right, uh, which is the fourth step in the SPEAR method, really focuses on uh, a mindset, which is your attitude will determine your altitude. So sometimes when you set out to achieve something, maybe you're only going to achieve 20%. But does that mean that you give up? Or you continue pushing until you hit uh, 100%. So, you know, it's super important for, for you to, to just have that uh, laser focus in just continuing to execute until you achieve your desired result. And sometimes it might mean that you might need to collaborate with others. You might need to get other people to come in and help you. Um, and I talk about different uh you know, ways where I've been able to achieve certain goals through collaboration in the book. But I think the key thing, though, here is that you should always have a winning mindset. That should be part of your attitude, because once you have that within you, where you can reach in terms of altitude is going to be really, really high. I wanted you to share that story because it's such an inspiring one. And, you know, no matter what obstacles you faced, you know, those obstacles became the way. Whatever comes in the way becomes the way. And another thing for me was I was reading this book on a Sunday during that chapter. My neighbor had walked upstairs and I said, hey, Shelly, hey, uh, you know, happy Sunday. How you doing? She's like, happy Sunday. She's like, Kevin, every day feels like a Monday. Why do you think so many people like what, what maybe what are people missing the most about this COVID right now. There's a narrative out there. We're going to wait till the vaccine. Wait, you know, put your life on hold. Wait till they, you know, what are people missing during this time? They're missing out on a lot. Like for me, I have used the opportunity to grow. Why? You know, I did a calculation the day COVID hit and there was lockdown. I calculated the amount of time I was going to get back because of the life changes that were going to happen. And time is the most important resource. So for me personally, I gained 40 hours per week that I could use to pursue my goals. How did I get that? Through lack of commute. Because I would, my office is in Manhattan. I live in New Jersey. It takes me an hour on the train to get to the office and an hour back. So it's two hours on a train But now these two hours are now productive versus passive times, right? So before I used to listen to a podcast or read a book or whatever, but now I can actually work and do stuff and be productive. So for me, it was like, oh my God, I have literally created another work week within the same amount of time. So sometimes it's all about your perspective, right? Like how are you looking at you know, the current situation, if you're always looking at it from a victim perspective, you will miss out on the gold. So for me, the the first thing I immediately did was like, okay, how can I actually work on leveraging this time to produce something uh, with a value? And what ended up coming out of this was this. Because I, I used that time to actually work on refining my book, get ahead on schedule and launch it on time. Um, so right now, I think for, for people who are looking at it and say like, oh, we, we missed the, the, the good old times, blah, blah, blah. When are things going to get back to normal? Well, what if this is the new normal, right? So you need to always have that willingness to adapt, to be flexible and be liquid, right? Like, like a liquid, it, it fits into any container you put it in. So like, let's say water, right? 
it'll fit in within the shape. If it was a different shape, it will also fit in. So I think that the way we need to think about uh, ourselves in life is that one thing that's guaranteed in life is change. That's the only guarantee in life. So as if you know that things are always constantly going to change, you need to approach life with, with that type of flexibility uh, so that when something disruptive like what just happened with COVID, you're able to react to it uh, in, in a much more positive way. So <clears throat> what am I saying? I'm saying life will always deal you a hand. And sometimes it might not be the hand that you like, and sometimes it might be. But irregardless of the hand that you're dealt with, you're going to need to figure out a way to not only survive, but to thrive in any given environment. Kuda, another thing I was thinking about was like, how does one stop themselves from like relapsing and going back to this? Like I, I found myself one day, gosh, you know, I'd achieved all this progress, you know, these last two weeks. And then I had one bad day and that one bad day made me feel like I was a loser. Like I, like I'm going to give up. Like, uh, it, 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 even though it was just such a little thing, such as maybe not getting up on time and working out in the morning, like I set that goal for, it made me put so much more pressure on myself to do that. Like, how does one stop themselves from going back to their old selves and making sure that they're trying to continuously strive for this fulfillment? So the way I'll answer this, Kevin, is I'll tell you what I do. And hopefully you can, you know, extract from that and, and apply it to yourself. So what I do is I always remind myself every single day of my goals. So one one business that I started with my wife, it's a it's a personal development brand called This Is My Era. We have a 90-day planner. And each morning part of my morning routine. And in the book, I talk about my morning routine in the spare method. I talk about my, my, my morning routine is I look at my goals and I plan my day. Once I know, uh, you know, once I remind myself and re-energize myself uh, with my goals, the other thing that I do is, you know, self-talk. That is the, that's the conversation we have the most, right? You talk to yourself more than you talk to anybody else because your mind is talking to yourself and things like that. So you need to control that narrative. Interesting. Because if you're telling yourself like, oh, I'm a loser. Oh, I'm good for nothing. I'm an idiot. You know, you're sinking that into your subconscious, right? And, you know, when situations come, they're always going to be like, well, I'm a loser. And you miss out on the opportunity, right? So one of the things that I do so that I don't fall back to, you know, the person I don't want to be is I have uh, a routine where I just have positive affirmations that I always tell myself. And it's all about reprogramming your subconscious so that the program that's playing is an empowering program, right? So, yes, you know, one day I might not wake up at 4 a.m. like I usually do. I'm not hard on myself. It's like, oh, you loser. You're not, you know, you're worthless or whatever. It happens. I was tired or, or something happened. But I remind myself of my true identity, who I am. And I play that program of positive affirmations so that I'm, I'm reinforcing positive behavior. So I quickly get back on track, right? Mm -hmm. So that I'm not stuck 
in that rut for, for, for too long. So, so that's the other thing that I do is, is I make sure that I have uh, a, a routine that always empowers, not disempower me to make sure that I always get back on track. And then <clears throat> the other thing too is I read, right? When you read uh, other people's stories, especially very successful people, it normalizes the equation, right? Because sometimes when you think of like, oh, you know, this person who achieved all of this, you might think like they're superhumans or whatever. But when you start reading their stories and understanding some of the struggles that they've gone through, you'll be like, oh, wow. Like, you know, this person overcome this and was able to achieve this. So it's another positive reminder to just say, like, at the end of the day, we're humans. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I've learned is that our habits determine our destiny. So, yes, you might, you know, not do what you want to do every day. But if you stick with a habit that's positive, the destination where you are going to arrive at is going to be a much positive place than if you don't. So, for example, if your habits are, you know, and I'm just going to use a working out example because it, you know, people can relate to this. But if your habits are working out, running your destination is most likely going to be a six pack. But if your habits are, you know, going to McDonald's, eating junk food, being a couch potato and not doing anything, you're probably going to have a different destination, probably in in the hospital, diabetes or something like that because of the habits that you have. So to answer your question in, in a nutshell is that have positive habits that will enable you to get you to the destination that you want to get to so that when you hit that occasional uh, hump, you, you're not stuck there because the positive habits that you have every day will take you and pull you to 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 that north star. It it, it sounds so simple, but you know, there, there's got to be people out there. Are you, all right, Kuda, bro? Easy for you to say, bro. Like, <laughs> look at you, man. Like, you know, what would you say to those people who? you know, uh, are maybe, you know, struggling with those 10,000 thoughts per day and are, are, are have never had an, a role model or influence in their life um, that have gone through those habits. I know being around, you know, successful uh, basketball coaches, you know, uh, growing up and then in college, uh, some professional athletes that really had a major influence on my habits. What about those people who have never been around others who have a habitual um, process in their life? Well, what I'll say to them is you can do it, number one, right? What life is really, Kevin, it's a series of choices. And regardless of what your faith is or whatever, but the gift that God gave us as human beings is the gift of choice, the will. We have will. Mm. Animals have instinct. We choose what we want to do. So just make the choice every single day to, even if it's 1%, 1 1% improvement over 365 days, that's 37X in in improvement because it's 1% over 1%. Remember compound interest we're talking about earlier. So so that's that uh, compounded effect. Um, The beauty about this day and age, which I touched on earlier, is that you can get mentors online. What do I mean by that? 
you can just follow someone on social media and just read that positive content. So you make the choice. Do you want to be just following uh, an Instagram, you know, influencer who's just posting pictures of, you know, them doing like, you know, crazy stuff or some people who are really posting content where you can learn? I'll give you an example. I follow uh, a businessman called Strive Masiwa. He's a Zimbabwean businessman. He's done a lot of impact and he's my role model. Uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting him once, but I haven't, I don't have a personal relationship with him yet where he's my mentor, right? Right. But I read his blog post. uh, I read his his post on, on, on his Facebook and I've learned so much about business, about strategy, about life, that, you know, he's my virtual mentor. So the answer I would tell that person is that, hey, the resources are there. Just think outside of the box or just take yourself out of the rut that you're in and and just take small actions every single day that get you to where you need to be, but do it consistently. So don't just be inspired after this podcast, read one article and then do nothing. You won't see the change, but if you then do it, you know, every single day, it becomes a routine. You schedule it on your calendar, right? Then you start seeing the changes. So the changes that you want to see in your life, the first thing I'll tell you is look at your calendar and make sure you assign and give each single time slot a name. I'm going to be reading from 6 a.m. to 6.30. That's my schedule right? My phone is off. I'm not doing anything because if I don't schedule it in my calendar, it will never become a habit, right? From 5 a.m. to 5 to, to 5.45, I'm in the gym. I'm working out. So for me, it becomes easier to stay on course because everything is scheduled in, in my calendar, even time for me to like hang out and, you know, relax. So working on your calendar is, is something that I, I would say. And I just want to give a shout out to Leah McKenzie from Portland, Oregon, who says that she's really excited about this podcast. I'm excited about you listening, Leah. So so thank you so much for, for tuning in. Kuda, you mentioned, uh, you know, God in that, that answer. You know, like what role has religion or spirituality, faith played in your um, existence, in your overcoming, in, in your uh, progress? For me, it's 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 a big one, you know, and, you know, I'm a Christian and my, my father was a was a preacher when I was growing up. So I grew up in a very uh, Christian family. And for me, it's it's really been super foundational in everything that I do. Um, so, you know, it's it's played a very big role and it continues to. Um, and, you know, part of it, it has, has really helped me face the fears, right? Because there's, there's that uh, superpower that I'm always saying like, hey, you know, um, he's, he's going to help me. But, you know, for, for people, they have different uh, religions uh, or like faith uh, perspectives. And it's fine. We're all humans at the same time. But for me personally, religion has played uh, a huge role in, in, in my life. And, and it continues too. Uh, would you say it helps you maybe even staying grounded as well? I mean, once you do all these uh, amazing feats, it's got to play some role in the ego in some way, shape, or form. Uh, it humbles me. 
So yes, speak about being humble, staying grounded. How does one do that? Well, I when I think of some of the things that have happened in my life, right? I've you, you quickly come to the realization that yes, of course, I might have a role to play in this, but there was something bigger, right? For from my perspective. So let's talk about the example that I shared about me coming to America. So remember, I turned down that opportunity. I had a 50% scholarship to come to the U.S. If I didn't get that other 50%, there was no way I was going to get a visa, no way I was going to come here. But somehow, someone, you know, got it in their heart to go and take a loan. Think about it. They went and took a loan on my behalf to pay for what I needed. Now, you know, I didn't like go on bended knees or like doing it. Like they just knew what I was doing and they were like, Hey, you know what? Let's do it for this guy. And I can tell you stories and stories like that where, you know, things have just happened. I'll tell you one right now. So <clears throat> while I was working on um, building Crockpot Cuisine, it was a meal delivery business under the Crockpot brand. Um, we had launched it. We had uh, acquired thousands of subscribers um, into you know our, our funnel, but the business wasn't as big as we had hoped it to be. So I, had, I was actually given an ultimatum from senior management that, hey, Kuda, if you don't figure this out in the next like 30 to 60 days, we're going to have to cut this, uh, this project and you probably have to work on other things. And I remember that day I was so down because it's like a baby, right? Like someone telling you like, hey, we're going to sacrifice your baby. And <clears throat> something just said, go back to your alma mater, to Lynn. They have a CEO speaker series. Just go there and, you know, you know, just just have a different vibe or whatever. So I get there, and the gentleman that I met, uh, who was speaking there, his name was uh, his name is Stephen Crane. He he started a couple of frozen food businesses, and I'm just listening to him. I'm like, oh my god, this is the guy I need to talk to, hmm. right? He's he's kind of like in the food space. He has a lot of experience, and I didn't even know that he was speaking there. Long story short, I end up uh, connecting with him after the meeting. And he introduces me to Omaha Steaks. I end up doing a deal with Omaha Steaks, you know, and it's just like events like that where like you can't really explain like, you know, I'd never gone to these like speaker series, even, you know, it's crazy, you know, when I was still in school, unless if it was mandatory. But this one time when I needed this one person that would connect me to this big company that would then transform the entire initiative. Like, how would you explain that? You know, people have different, you know, explanations. They can say karma and whatnot. For me, I, I, I see it as grace, right? It's it's just grace from 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 the men above that then opens up these doors for me. Uh, and then when people look at it, it's like, oh, look at this amazing thing that you created. Was it really me? Or I'm just a vessel who was just uh, an obedient steward to actually say like, okay, let me go to this place. Let me meet this person. Let me follow up. And ultimately this amazing, great uh, feat happens. So it's it's an interesting way to to look at things, I think. Do you think people deep down like really understand and know like what they need to do? Like, for instance, when you had your why 
and you had the choice between going to Zest, uh, the, the technology uh, college in Zimbabwe, versus going to the States. And you got in, you gave your father a call, and you said, Dad, I'm going to go to Zest. And then you started talking about it, and then you... I, you ba- I don't know, you can tell the story, but I, I remember you reading, like, you hung up the phone, you went back, and you said, I'm not going to Zest. So, like, do you believe people really, when it comes down to it, understand what they need to do? I, I think, to some extent, in the hearts of hearts, we all know what the right thing is. Like, you, you hear a lot of people saying, follow your gut. What does that mean, right? Hmm. It means somewhere, somehow, there's that inner you that really knows what what your North Star is. So to talk about the scene you are talking about, it kind of like reminds me of um, the Wolf of Wall Street, right? When he went to say to his folks, like, hey, I'm going to quit. I'm no longer going to do this. And then he goes like, I'm not going anywhere. So it was it was literally the same thing with me, right? Where I called my parents and um, it was me trying to say, like, hey, I'm going to follow this uh, Zimbabwean university thing because I'd actually gone to the school to register. And while I was there, I, I was like, you know, is this really what I need to do? So then I end up calling my dad and I'm telling him, like, yeah, you know, everything is good. Everything is well. And then it just kind of like is like, cool, this is your moment. You have to do it. It's now or never. Right. And it was kind of like an interesting thing, which is imagine in in that moment if I was not bold enough to quit. Mm. And if I had stayed in Zimbabwe, right, we probably wouldn't be on this podcast, right? right? Um, Or I probably wouldn't have been able to achieve some of the things that I've achieved. Like, for instance, we've, we've sent hundreds of children to school in Africa through some of the initiatives that that we've done. We fed hundreds of thousands of people um, meals through non-believable. None of that would have been possible if in that moment, if I had had cold feet. Mm. But they say that fortune favors the bold. And in that moment, I was bold enough to be all chips in, put everything on the table. And I was like, you know what, dad? In fact, I'm coming home. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I need to be focusing on figuring out a way on how I need to make uh, make it work for me to come to America. So I'm coming home tonight. I can imagine his reaction when he hears me say it. Like, but credit to my dad, you know, he was like quiet for a little bit. And then he was like, Kuda, if that's what you want to do, mom and dad support you. Come home. Let's figure this out. And I went back on the train and uh, and two years later, I, I was on, on my way to America. Let's, let's talk about moms and dads right now for a second while, while we're on this topic. We talked about fear and like seeing the elephant, but you need an elephant, you know, piece by piece, bite by bite, one bite at a time. Is it more difficult for mothers and fathers, people who are now in a more secure position to to take a larger risk? Like, is it more difficult for people further in their careers? You just mentioned I might not be here today. Is it more difficult for those people to make a change to in their lives and, and, and pursue something different in their career toward fulfillment? Or is that just another, maybe an excuse in a light term to not take a risk? 
Well, I think, Kevin, to be fair, I think we need to first understand what is it, right, that what is the risk that they, they want to take. But, um, you know, naturally one would be inclined that when you have more things at stake, right, it's going to take a lot for you to take a risk. So, for example, I'm not a parent yet, so there are certain risks that I can take because it's really my wife and I that, you know, we just need to consider like, okay, what does it need for us? But when we have kids, right, it's now more at stake. We're responsible for another life. We might not be willing to take, you know, aggressive risks because, you know, it's it's not really about us anymore, right? It's about this uh, individual or these individuals that we have uh, to look after. So I think any risk that you need to take, you have to assess it uh, uh, against the return and also against the impact of like, hey, if things don't work, right? Because yes, you know, at some point in time, you know, this is the thing that you need to go, but if it doesn't work, you know, you could be homeless and your kids can experience, you know, a totally different life because because of that risk that might, you know, stop people from 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 doing it. So it's, you know, the way I like to look at it is like the sooner you actually start working on pursuing your purpose, the much easier it is down the road because you don't have to deviate course anymore. Right. So. If you wait until your 40s to now start working on your purpose, number one, you don't have that much time to actually, you know, work on it anymore, right? If if you use kind of like life expectancy as 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 a timeline, because now instead of you having like 40 years to work on it, now you only have like, you know, 25 years to work on it or something. But also number two, you know, there are more people involved in your decision-making. If you have two kids, four kids, whatever, now you have to understand, you know, your role as a parent and how that plays into their dreams, right? Because then maybe, you know, the, the reason why you wouldn't pursue it is to make sure that you set them up for success. And as, as parents, those are some decisions that you have to make. So, um, you know, I do agree with the thinking that as you get older, it becomes more difficult because now you have more variables that you need to consider. But when you're younger, you can take a little bit more risks. Um, but it doesn't mean that as you get older, don't take any risks. You should do an assessment and, and really see what's good for you and your situation uh, before you actually take that action. And I think it's what you said earlier, too. It's like just that it's that perception of kind of where you are in terms of taking that risk. So like, you know, someone who starts a podcast when they're young, like like myself, you know, I felt that I didn't have any experience whatsoever. And that's what made it so difficult for people. Maybe listen to this, say, oh, I mean, I want to start a podcast. You have all that experience. It's just kind of how you perceive and look at that. So maybe it's different for different types of uh, strategies and obstacles that people that people face. Uh, but all of this to say is we've gone through seeking our why. We've gone through planning, executing, achieving. The last step of the spear method is repeat. How does one repeat? What do you mean by that? And are you going to repeat another book? So let's start with the last part. Your best book is your next book. Ooh. That's something that uh, uh, an author with 15 books told me. So... I wouldn't rule out another book. It's not confirmed yet, but um, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, to talk about the repeat phase, um, I'll ask you a question. 
How are you staying alive right now? How am I staying alive right now? I, I'm just It's breathing. because you're breathing, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm breathing. You have, to, you have to take another breath, right? Mm-hmm. In order for you to stay alive. If you stop breathing right now, regardless of whatever, but if you literally stop breathing right now, I can guarantee you what the outcome will be 10 minutes from now. If you stop know, breathing, man. I've been taking uh, Wim Hof's uh, breathing exercises so like, <laughs> for, for quite some time. So, so, so let's say like an hour from now, right? Because I'm not sure if Wim Hof will get you to an hour. But the key point I'm trying to to say there is that you cannot survive, you know, on your last breath. You can't say like, oh, because I took a breath 15 minutes ago, I don't need to breathe again. So it's the same thing with you know pursuing your purpose, right? You can say like, oh, because I exercised or I did this, you know, a week ago, I don't need to work on this anymore. You have to continuously plan, execute, achieve, plan, execute, achieve, you know, in order for you to get to your, to your purpose. So the, the beauty is in the journey and you have to continue taking the journey. You're going to see a lot of amazing landmarks and milestones you're going to achieve. But the important thing is stay on course right? Celebrate the milestone you'll hit, but, you know, don't do it for years and years. You're just celebrating a a success, right? I graduated more than 10 years ago, right? Should I still be going out celebrating that I graduated with my bachelor's degree? No, I have to move on, right? I have to focus on other goals. I have to take another breath in order for me to survive. So that's the whole thinking around repeat, right? It's repeat the things that took you to get to your milestone, right? Remember, the way you're going to eat an entire elephant is one bite at a time. So when you take that bite, chew it, digest it, and repeat the process. Take the next bite, chew digest and and so forth and so forth because that's the only way you're going to eat the elephant so the whole repeat stage is 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 really centered around that notion the elephant is your purpose but plan execute achieve are the bites that you're taking so in order for you to then eat the entire elephant you have to repeat that process of um you know eating one bite at a time kuda let's wrap this up uh, last words, pieces of advice for people listening to this out there who want to make a change in their life. What would you say to them? So two things. So the first thing is that there are three important days in any life, in your life, my life, you know, anybody you know. And the days are the day you're born because you're, 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 you're now uh, gracing us with your presence on earth. The day you find out your purpose, right? The day you find out why. We're talking about the importance of that first step of the spear method. But the third day is each day you act on your why. So just make sure that every single day you're taking some action in achieving your why. So the three days in life, the three most important days in life are the day you're born, the day you find out why, and each day you act on your why. And then the second thing is, do not be afraid to not only dream big, but to actually take the action to achieve those big dreams. When I was in Zimbabwe and dreaming about coming to America, it was the impossible dream. People would literally would tell me that, hey, what you're trying to do, it's impossible. It doesn't happen to us. But because I was crazy enough to have that as a dream, number one, but also number two, even crazier to actually take the action to do it, That's why I'm here today. 
I could have easily just said like, yeah, you know what? You guys, you're right. Why am I even wasting time having this crazy dream? Let me be practical. Let me be realistic, you know? And I would probably be living a, a totally different life. An interesting story I'll share with you real quick is that I went to Zimbabwe. I left Zimbabwe in 2000 and, uh, 2005. And I didn't get to go back home until like 2012. So it took me about seven years before I went back home. So the whole time I was in college, I never went back home because I just didn't have the money to do that. When I went back home seven years later, my friends, or quote unquote, the friends who used to tell me like, hey, what you're trying to do is impossible. You're crazy. Don't do it. I went back and they were sitting at the same stoop doing the same things that I left them seven years ago doing. Hmm. The only difference that had happened was that they had just become older. Hmm. So dream big and be bold enough to take action to achieve those dreams. Because if you don't take action, you will be at the same stoop doing the same thing seven, 10, 15 years from now. So that would be the piece of advice I would share. Got to deposit more action. Seems like those old friends uh, were building up on that uh, compound interest, Kuda. Hey, thank you for sending the book, my friend. It was amazing read. I had such a great time devouring uh, these 176 pages. Um, we're going to have <laughs> you stick around for some questions after this show uh, if we have any guests. Again, folks, just enter in the chat box, Kuda, your questions for after the show. Uh, but for Kuda Biza, I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there. Act on your why every day. And always, folks, keep it real. Thanks, Kuda. Thank you. And thank you, good people, for hanging on to this episode of the Real Leaders Podcast with Kuda Biza. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Three things. If you want to attend any of these live episodes, go online to realleaders.com slash podcast. Go to live events and RSVP for an upcoming episode. Two, leave a review. Let us know what you think and how we can improve the show. Three, folks, make sure you're subscribed to be notified of all these amazing episodes with Real Leaders because, folks, there's more to come. Thanks for tuning into this episode. And always, folks, keep it real.